What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it, you know what I'm saying? Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were a term, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? Must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great day, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my trick shots there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Well, 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 it is the big broadcast. Thanks for joining us for the second half of our Thursday edition of the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast, Coast to Coast. Boda to Boda on the TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. And uh, there's the Mario music, as it always plays on Skype. We all, it, it's, it's like a dial tone or something. I don't know. And uh, I believe there is our guest. How are you, my friend? Hello, can you hear us? Yeah, I can now. Okay, okay. We've got a uh, great guest with us today joining us on Skype Audio. We are going to try to connect Jay Izzo, our co-host for the hour with us here in just a few seconds. If you missed our interview that we just did with Nico Hernandez, the 2016 Olympic bronze medal winner, you can check that out on our website, JiggyJaguar.com. We also uh, did a Facebook Live with it as well. We're also going to put it on our uh, KJAG Radio Facebook page as well at Facebook.com slash KJAG Radio. And uh, we've got our next guest with us today here on our big broadcast. Um, first of all, give me and Jay an introduction on yourself, my friend, and then we'll get into the uh, topic at hand here today. Well, I'm a native New Yorker. My name's Lara Resnick. Um, at age 18, in a state of rebellion, I escaped to New Mexico in a Carmen gear that I jump-started cross-country. And... Uh, that's where I studied writing under some wonderful authors, the late Tony Hillerman at the University of New Mexico, and I also studied at uh, the University of Iowa's Writers Workshop. Um, I worked in IT for close to 25 years and uh, have written three novels. This is the third, a psychological Thriller, uh, romance, suspense, multicultural, but crosses lots of genres and uh, is really, uh, there's something for everyone in the book. The name of it is Bagels and Salsa. Uh, it, it, uh, it, okay, so you got to help. <laughs> hi, hey, hi, hi, Laura, this is, this is Jay Izzo, uh, I'm, I'm, and you got to help me with this book title because I, having written a book, I, I went through a number of issues with my um, editors and my book coaches on coming up with the title. How did you come up with this particular title for this book? 
Oh, that's a really easy question. <laughs> this story is about a Jewish woman from New York and a Hispanic man from New Mexico. So it was either bagels and salsa or uh, matzo balls and turkey enchiladas. <laughs> No. Truthfully, it just came to me one day, and it, it just fit. But uh, <laughs> I was trying out a lot of different things. No, no I, I get it. I get it. You, you know, one of the one of the things so many people ask. I'm sure you get asked the same questions. They ask, you know, how do you know how did you write the book, and how did you come to write the book? And of course, I write nonfiction, and 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 so some people will go, you know, how do you, I don't like I struggle with coming a title and my editor and my book coach would say well it'll just fall out eventually as you're writing it don't don't ever do your title first just write the book and then the title will fall out is that kind of the same experience you had you know with this book yes um with my other two books i i kind of knew right away so i think it really can be either way it's kind of like when you're a writer people always say you know how how do you Think up a book. Where does it come to you? And for some people, it, it they know the whole story. One day it comes to them. For me, I always, uh, I kind of key in on some event, either in my life or generally in my life, but sometimes somebody else's life that really attracts me. And uh, and then I start thinking about a character and, and a lot of what ifs. What if? Uh, in this case, uh, what if uh, a son of Sam Copycat stalked someone cross country? Or what if uh, my future mother-in-law put a hit out on me? Or whatever, you know, <laughs> those things start coming. But, but it does, you know, come from your heart, from something that just strikes you, right? I mean, you're a writer, right. isn't that how you yeah, now you write nonfiction, which is right. is quite different from what right. what I I know. Right, but you, but you, I know the pro the process that we go through is can be quite similar because you can stare at a blank screen for hours. I'm guessing just like I do occasionally, and wonder oh, sure. where, sure. <laughs> where, where that's going to come from. So let's talk about this new book a little bit because it's really got an interesting. You kind of pulled an interesting storyline here from a real life event right right and yeah and and go ahead well uh bagels and salsa is about uh, the protagonist lila levin who's a jewish woman from manhattan and she takes a romantic gamble and follows eduardo quintana a dashing latino doctor to rural new mexico uh their love is tested there by his controlling mother, who rejects Lila from the get-go, a drop-dead gorgeous ex-girlfriend, um, a deranged ex-student of Lila's who stalks across country, and, of course, the major cultural differences. Uh, the novel set in the summer of 1977 as the son of Sam is terrorizing New York City, which, of course, adds a lot of suspense. Yeah, right. Because I, I know that so many of our listeners across this great country of our don't country of ours don't remember Son of Sam, but it was it was really it was really our our first look and glimpse at kind of a for lack of a better term a psycho serial killer who really stalked women, and uh, I, fortunately I fortunately or unfortunately I don't know how we want to phrase this I worked in the 
I, I worked in the same mental hospital as a forensic psychologist uh, right after Ted Bundy left to be executed. Oh, wow. So uh, when I saw this whole thing about the son of Sam, you know, it quickly threw me back into those days, early days um, doing that. And I was like, you know, what a cool backdrop on all of this because it does add some extra intrigue, does it not, into... Uh, um, absolutely. And I can tell you a, a really kind of interesting story. You know how you take things from your real life. On August 9th, 1977, I was riding a city bus in Manhattan with my now husband. He was a fiancé back then. And uh, we saw this man dressed in a postal uniform enter the bus at one stop. And then he got off. He looked really nervous at the next. And I don't know. There was something really creepy about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, my fiancé said to me, that's the son of Sam. And... Sure enough, the next night when we turned on the TV, there he was. David Berkowitz, a postal worker who had plunged the city into a panic and uh, killed six people. Um, They actually unleashed one of the largest manhunts in New York history to this day. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's, That's absolutely right. Hey, everybody, we're talking to Laura Resnick, author of... Her new book called Bagels and Salsa uh, here on iHeartRadio and KJAG Radio, 24-7 Radio. And you may be also listening to us on TuneIn as well. And she's got this great book. By the way, I want to tell you folks, the book is is just awesome. And she's already given you a little bit of a hint. Uh, summer 1977, think of the son of Sam. And think about a, a, a Jewish Long Island uh, lady by the name of Layla Levin. Uh, who's a who's a Jewish sociologist, and she meets Dr. Eduardo Quintana, and uh, all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of uh, things that happen relationally and all sorts on the backdrop of all this, and it is available on Amazon right now for nine ninety one as an as an Amazon Amazon Prime member, and I'm guessing because I'm looking at this Kindle price, I'm guessing they can get the Kindle version right along with that. Is that correct, Laura? Yes, if you buy the paperback and you're a Prime member, uh, right. they will offer you. Yeah, yeah. The Kindle, the Kindle edition it's as well. Three ninety nine. Uh, the retail is three ninety nine. Actually, the retail of the book is twelve ninety nine, and Amazon uh, put it on sale uh, for nine seventy one. So it's a good deal because I'm not sure when it'll go back. I have no control of that. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't understand it either. It. <laughs> I, I never understand Yeah, it. I, I don't. I really don't know why they do that. But, um, you know, it, I think they're trying to sell a lot of books when you first publish it. So. Yeah. It, they, I think that's probably the case. But it, it doesn't matter. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Amazon. And by the way, you should be a Prime member. And the best way to get to Amazon is to go to the jagshow.com, jagshow.com, and click on the Amazon link. Purchase the book right there. Just, just type in bagels and salsa. And what happens is, amazingly, Laura's book will pop up. You can purchase the book. You can, and if you're a Prime member, you get a free Kindle version. If not, it's only $3.99. You should be giving away these books as gifts, ladies and gentlemen. Don't don't just buy one for yourself. Be a giver. Give these books away to some of your friends who would also enjoy the story. Uh, you're going to love the story. She's a fabulous writer. And uh, you're going you're gonna to absolutely love it. And you are such a prolific writer. 
I, I envy that. Oh, you know, thank it, you. it takes me thank so you. long to get through, you know, to write one book and then, you know, I have to trudge through the next. And you just, I mean, you're just, you're just putting out these books. It's it, and they're really, really good. By the way, they're really good. These are not. Well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I've been writing. I've paid my dues. I've been writing. I wrote my first book at six years old. <laughs> so I have been writing. I have a couple of books that are gathering dust bunnies in the closet. And I don't know if you, before you published your first book, if you wrote other books, but they were not ready for prime time. Probably, I, I believe they probably never will be, but uh, people don't realize how much it takes to be a writer. Uh, you know, in terms of really doing a lot of writing and, uh, you know, oh, no, studying the craft. Yeah, there is. There's so much. There is so much that you have to do. And and, and there was so much. I, this is the reason why I tell people I hired a book coach and she worked for um, Simon and Schuster and Penguin as a marketing person. And she was retired. And she she was the one who guided me through this whole book process and getting it published and getting it into bookstores and into the libraries and to the whole thing. Right. And I, there's so much that people do not understand about this business that, uh, that when it comes to getting your book out there and getting it read, it, it, it's, there's so much that goes into it. And, and I want to get back to this book a little bit because one of the things I have to ask you as an author of a book like this, how much of you is put into these is 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 a, is like let's say are you any part of uh Layla Levin is, is are you in any part of that of her oh that is a great question and uh i'm asked it a lot quite frankly but uh look i'm a jewish girl from long island who married a hispanic man from rural new mexico um like many Authors, I write about what I know, mm -hmm. but I'm going to give you more of the inside story of that because people think that may be a cop out here. Um, okay, there's memoirs and there's fiction, right? Right. Uh, celebrities will write memoirs because people are fascinated by their lives. Um, the rest of us, unless we had uh, maybe a, a extremely dysfunctional childhood or you know, something really outrageous happened to us. People don't care that much. Um, so generally, many fiction authors will, in my case, uh, for instance, you start with an event or some circumstance in your life. Mine being, it's kind of unique, you know, to mm -hmm. go through these colliding culture clashes. And I thought that would be interesting. It's unique. But then what you do, instead of just write your story and things that happened to you, you go, what if, you know? Mm. What if the son of Sam was stalking me, you know? What if mm. my future mother-in-law was, you know, trying to get rid of me? And, and that's how you come up with a story. Um, generally, the plot really changes a lot from your real life. And in my case, I will say that although the characters are based on real people, mm -hmm. that also you exaggerate, you give them blemishes, fatal flaws, you know, um, just try and make them more interesting than the real people, and they really become a composite of other people. So, you know, what's real, what's not real? Well, 
a lot of the people are real people that I think you can relate to. The plot gets played around a lot with. You want to add suspense. I really worked hard at adding a lot of humor. I try to do that in all my books. Specifically, this one has quite a bit of humor. Uh, it's about a serious topic. Um, you know, when you get into uh, the theme of respecting and embracing uh, diversity in a multicultural world, it's pretty serious. And, and believe me, when it gets personal, when, when two people from different cultures marry and all of a sudden, you know, people, prejudices come out and, um, you know, <clears throat> something, uh, look, even the British monarchy is dealing with the challenge of Meghan Markle, right? Um, right, right, you know, yep. Coming into their family, it's it's with globalization. That's what's happening these days. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, which I find this it's it's fascinating, and and the reason I asked because you did share a little bit of your story because you know when cultures do collide, right? I mean, right. It's it's not it's it's not just the two people. Right. I mean, it's the families that have to deal with all the rest of this, too. Right. Absolutely. That, yes, that's, and, that's and, true. Yeah. And then and the friends and then there's the friends of both sides. They that, you know, yeah. who are trying to be supportive, but maybe deep down they're not supportive. And it, 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 it's a little bit more complicated than just two people who fall in love and want to get married. <laughs> I mean, it's just that, really. No, you're, you're right. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, it gets very personal. And often people who, you know, a lot of people say, I'm not prejudiced. I'm the least prejudiced person in the world. I won't repeat who said that. But, um, but I think everyone holds some prejudice. And like I said, when it gets into someone marries into your family, those, those things come out. And you have to work them through. And, and if anything, I could, um, you know, bottom line, you write a book and you hope your readers are entertained. But on a more thematic level, I, <clears throat> I hope readers can understand the importance of embracing people who are different from them, religious, ethnic, cultural differences, you know. Historically, you know, that's been at the core of uh conflict, hatred, and, and war in this world, if you look at it, historically and, and still today. So that kind of is the more, you know, thematic uh, message that I'd like to get across to my readers. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful message, by the way. It's a beautiful message. Thank you. We're, we're talking to Laura Resnick. By the way, it's L-A-R-A. R-E-Z-N-I-K. Do not confuse. I know there's another Laura Resnick who writes books that's out there, but this is the Laura Resnick, L-A-R-A. Yeah, she smells it. She spells it differently. It's right. L-A-U-R-A. Right. And, and Resnick. R -E -S 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 and Re yeah, and Resnick is also spelled differently. But this is L-A-R-A-R-E-Z-N-I-K, and her book is entitled Bagels and Salsa. And you can get that, of course. Uh, just just look for it. It's out there. Amazon, of course. You got a great deal. It's normally twelve ninety nine, but if you're a Prime member, you can get some get an amazing deal deal as well with this. So let me let me ask you um, at writing fiction, what's harder, writing humor or writing the suspenseful plot? Oh, that's another really good question. Um, I think humor is always hard to write because 
you never know if people are going to find it funny. (laughs) And um, I've struggled. This is actually the first book that that I've written that it, it actually started with a screenplay I wrote in 2001 that was a Writer's Digest uh, finalist, and, um, and that I, I called a comedy. Uh, it's really evolved into more of uh, maybe you would say a dramedy, something more mm-hmm. serious, but sure. still has elements. But it was very scary, um, you know, writing humor, because what you think is funny um, I remember I read the screenplay out loud in front of the screenwriting group, and um, it was so comforting when people laughed at my jokes, you know, because yes. like, wow, oh, they get it, you know. Yeah, uh, no, so, I get yeah, it. I think humor, I think, you, I think stand-up comedians is probably the most difficult job in the world. I mean, I, I don't agree. know how people, you know, it's hard enough for us writers who hide behind our, our laptops, but uh, to get out there and and stand in front of a group of people and hope they're going to laugh at you and not throw tomatoes, you know, is, <laughs> it's got to be a tough job. It, it, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say I tried it for a couple of years. And did you I, really? Wow. I did. And, and I give I, you credit, man. And I did. I tried it for a couple of years, and the crickets were dropping pins on the carpet, and you could hear them. And <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is. There is nothing more lonely than being up on stage. I think bet. You, think oh, you have yeah. written. Think you have written the most. You know, you have written this brand new material. It's fresh. You like it. You think it's funny. You get it, and nobody gets it. And I think there's something, it, it's it's the most lonely, terrifying feeling that you're looking, and then you're being heckled. And then it's trying to be, stay <sighs> under control while you're being heckled, right? That's, right. It, wow. I don't want to lose it, right? And I'm thinking about, because yeah. I think that this was the answer for writing this book, because when you say that, you know, you're, you're writing, interjecting some humor in the book, I've got to believe it's the same feeling I felt when I was up in stage and my material was dying and I was dying with it, is that you, you're throwing your your material out there and then you're going, oh my gosh, are people going to get this? Do they do they get the humor? Yeah, I mean, you reveal a lot of yourself. I'll, I'll tell you another hard thing, and of course, if you haven't written fiction, is, uh, you know, revealing yourself. Try to write a good sex scene, you know. That's, <laughs> that's probably the hardest I, I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of authors, and um, some people, you know, they just close the bedroom door. And the worst thing, I think, is people who write when they, and of course, there's lots of books with very gratuitous sex scenes sure. out there that are just there to tantalize, titillate people. But um, if you're writing a serious book, uh, it the sex scene should be instrumental in moving the plot forward as well as understanding the interpersonal relationship of the characters. Um, I have three, actually, in Bagels and Salsa, and I will tell you they're not graphic, um, but they're not prudish either. Um, I stay away from classic romance terminology such as her petals or nectar or, you know, her (laughs) inner sanctum, the male member, you know. Um, I try to render sex scenes realistic, um, awkward, emotional, messy, exciting, um, like real life, you know. It's it's a difficult balance, though, and I just want to bring that out. It's the hardest thing. Oh, Humor gotta, is right up there, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it's got to it be. Is. 
It has to be because you're revealing. I mean, you're kind of revealing a little bit about what you know and, you know, maybe some of the things that you do. And so you're, I mean, you're kind of, I mean, for lack of a better way of describing this, you're kind of putting yourself out there naked. And so. Yes, you are. I mean, you are. And, and of course, like everything else, there's a little of you there, but then, you know, you're embellishing a plot and, and it it just kind of takes a life of its own is the best way I can describe it. But, um, you know, writing just like being an actor or a comedian, uh, you, you put yourself out there and, and, you know, it, it is a tough thing to do. People who have never done anything like that don't understand. Um, I did want to remark on your, um, Hiring a uh, writing coach, I think that's one of the smartest things somebody can do when they first start writing. You probably were light years ahead of most uh, people who are just starting to write a a full-length nonfiction or fiction book. By doing that, I imagine it was, you know... uh, just a wonderful learning experience, but oh. that took you way ahead, right? And if was, you had just got, sat down and wrote a stream of consciousness and, uh, you know, thought that was a book. Yeah, well, I, I remember, I remember, Laura, that what happened was I had written 365 pages of this book and I handed it to my book coach, who I interviewed several before I settled on her. Uh-huh. And I handed it to her and she said, you don't need just an editor. You need a developmental editor. And I said, what's that? And, and so they literally scrapped the 365 pages I wrote and we literally re outlined the book and she made me interview, you know, like five different editors across the country. I had to interview five different, um, people who designed book covers. I didn't know about the interior design and the book cover and how they have to match and, I, I didn't know any of these things. Right. And, oh, and you ha- were on a major learning curve, yeah. I, yeah, and so what, people don't understand it. They don't. Oh, it's, there's so much, you know, yeah, there's so much. First of all, just becoming a writer. And then today, you have to do, be your own marketing person and <laughs> learn all about that, too, which is a very, you know, it's just a whole new field. A lot of writers are, are totally introverts, you know, and then you're yeah. like, no, you've got to get out there. Yeah, you so, do. So, let, uh, so let me do yeah. this. Let me do this because speaking of marketing, let's market the book. Hey, we're talking to Laura Resnick, author <laughs> of the so book much. Bagels and Salsa, and she, this is a fantastic book, folks. This is a it, it's a book that that I, I, lack of a better way of phrasing this, it's these are real people. The names have been changed to protect the innocent, and maybe there's a little embellishment here as well, but the book is a beautiful book. It's it's literally about a, a young Jewish uh, sociologist from Long Island meets a um, Dr. Eduardo Quintana, and, and he's from New Mexico, and these two cultures clash all in the midst of during this whole Son of Sam thing happening in 1977, and it just unleashes a whole number of issues that surround that. It's a little bit funny. It's a uh, it's a little drama, but it's got a little suspense involved there too. And it's and it it's just got all the elements that you want in a really really good book. I highly suggest that you get to your go to Amazon, go to her website, which I believe is lauraresnick.com. Is that right? Is that do I have that right? Yes. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. And, that's and, it. L a r a r e z n i k dot com. Yep. Yeah, and you, you need to go 
you need to go pick up the book. And why not? Listen, you got friends who you know that love reading the same thing. Why, matter of fact, I know that there are people listening who have book clubs. I think this is a perfect book for your book clubs, um, folks. Why don't you pick this book up? Why don't you each pick a book up? And then why don't you discuss this book? Because it's more than just a piece of fiction. This is really caught. The, the book really has a central theme here of when you think about diversity and all the issues that come when we talk about diversity, of seeing two different cultures really collide and how that affects everyone. And that's really a big, huge theme of this book. And so I really encourage you to pick this up, pick it up for your book club and start discussing it. Cause I think there's more to discuss here than, than just the outside of bagels and salsa. There's a much deeper discussion that you should be having on the book as well. Um, Laura, you have been, it a would trem- make a great, uh, Valentine's day present. I think for people, Oh, you know what? I, Oh, thankfully. Look at that. that. The master of the Segway strikes again. Fantastic. (laughs) And that's that's nonfiction. Let me just tell you that. Valentine's Day is very real. I am married. I know how real it is. Okay? (laughs) Yes. So, There you go. Perfect present. There's a lot of romance in the story. It is not a, quote, uh, genre romance, but there is certainly a lot of love story in in the book. Guys... Guys, are you listening to this voice right now? These golden tones that speak to you every week. Golden tones. Are you listening to me right now? Guys, have you picked up Have you picked up for your special one a present yet? Well, listen, if it's just going to be a box of chocolates that you do every year and some flowers, why don't you pick up the book Bagels and Salsa, written by Laura Resnick, and why don't you make it, why don't you just make it like the trio, right? Flowers, chocolates, and Laura's book Bagels and Salsa. And you can get that on Amazon. Twelve ninety nine regularly. If you're a Prime member, it's nine ninety one. Kindle versions three ninety nine. But again, if you're a Prime member, you're going to get that with the paperback. So why don't you get the book? Why don't you get it? Use it as gifts. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for others. It's a great book. Laura Resnick, you have been a fabulous treat, and I want to thank you for indulging me and um, allowing me to ask some questions about the book. I wish you so much success. And may well, uh, thanks may, so much. It's been really fun ha- being here. I really enjoyed we, it. Thank you. And beyond your website, is there any so? Because I'm a you know I write on social media and psychology and business. So is there any place on social media that we can kind of connect up with you? Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, I don't have the address handy, but if you okay. if you go on Facebook and and Laura Resnick author, you'll you'll find me. And I have a page there, and I do respond to people when they uh, go on the page and want to ask a question. I love doing that. I love interacting with my my readers. Well, if you if you see a picture of a uh, smiling guy with a black cowboy hat on, who looks like he's really really <laughs> tall, that would be me. All right. So uh, expect awesome. expect to expect me to write something uh, on your page, and I'll look. Oh, forward, wonderful! That'd be great. I'll look well, forward to us talking again. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoy. You are so welcome, and Definitely. thank you, Laura. Best success to you. Okay, thanks. You too. You are fantastic. There goes uh, Laura Resnick. And uh, Jay Izzo, um, as we wrap up here, my friend, uh, give give us your take on uh, today's guest, because we had two good ones today. I say this every week. I know the listeners get tired of me saying this. Wow! 